Show number 25 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK, Talk, Trek. Yay, we're better. It's a real show this time. The sound that you just heard was William Shatner sort of saying, look at my butt. Yeah! That was a gift to us from one of our favorite people in the whole world. Obviously went to a lot of trouble to put that together. It's true. And I want to read. um, So it came to us via email. By the way, wait. What? This is the holiday show, everybody. (laughs) This is Look at His Butt on Ice. I'm Jungle Kitty. Oh, and this is Lena. And um, we're sort of better, but not really. So there's probably still going to be some coughing and snorting in the show. Yeah, definitely, and some some sounding a little nasal. Um, but but we wanted to do this because you guys haven't had a new show in like forever, I and know. you know, gotta have a new show. And plus, we have so many things to talk and we have about. So m- and we've packed this with Christmas goodies. So that was the first. So that was the first thing, and that came from Gregory. And that came from Gregory. But here's the note in email that was that had it attached, and it says Santa's Grotto, the North Pole. <laughs> Dear young Santa had a grotto. This is great. Really. Dear youngins, you know, Santa knows what you want, but even with all my powers, he is such a hard man to get hold of. What with all his television appearances, plus his voiceovers for great legal firms like Flywheel, (laughs) Shyster, and Flywheel. (laughs) But things have been busy up here at the North Pole, and so I was forced to put one of my lowliest gnomes onto the Shatner Project. And while I can't guarantee the quality of the attached result, he's from the South, you know. (laughs) I can at least wish you both the merriest Christmas, your pal, Santa. Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. So that was nice. In lieu of actual William Shatner, we had sort of William Shatner saying hi there. And if you did not get what you wanted this Christmas, we're going to give you a little advice from William, look at his butt, Shatner himself, (laughs) on what you can do to make sure next year Santa brings you what you want right so let's play that clip now that's right and and you know bill knows these things yeah so you have to trust him you absolutely have to so how do we get good stuff oh you gotta think big never give the fat man any room to think demand cash (laughs) give him 14 year old scotch and a few cuban cigars you got that Mm -hmm. believe me i know the man Santa comes down the fireplace, he sees Cuban cigars, he sees 14-year-old scotch. He's going to love you. He's going to love you. He's going to give you anything you want. Thank you, Lord Shatner. Okay, so now you know. <laughs> and like I said, we have... We have just jam-packed holiday goodies for you. Oh, Oh, but I want to say one thing. This is the first show that we're recording while we're wearing... (gasps) We're wearing our t-shirts. We got our Look at His Butt t-shirts. Yeah. and and They're fabulous. They're great. They're really wonderful. You all want them. And we'll have some pictures to post so you can see what they look like on a person, which will be me, I think. Yeah, you can be the model. I'll be the model for it. But they are really, really nice t-shirts. So we're really pleased. The design came out good. And they're, you know something you can wear to show your loyalty yes lena got the baby doll mm-hmm. and i got the pink and they look good they look wonderful they look damn good yep so probably sometime in the future on the show if we're ever doing a real contest we would give away one of these i think as yeah. a prize yeah yeah because people but would like don't it. wait 
don't wait. Supplies oh, are going to get them now. So they're at Cafe Press. Operators standing by. Yeah, and we'll have more stuff up at Cafe Press, but right now it's the t-shirts. Yes. Now, that, that clip we played you of Bill telling you how to get what you want from Santa, that was from his appearance on Dennis Leary's Christmas special, which mm-hmm. was called Merry Fucking Christmas. <laughs> And I was telling Lena, I really didn't know who Dennis Leary is. Apparently, he's some sort of comedian. I didn't think he was too funny. But the, this little segment was, <laughs> was Bill. It was called Christmas with <laughs> with Mr. Shatner. That's right. And he was, um, these little kids did not have the right Christmas spirit. <laughs> so Bill read the Christmas letters from poor children. And then they all laughed, laughed. at them. <laughs> made fun of them. So that was Merry Fucking Christmas. It was good. Thank you, Bill. We appreciated that. And the other thing we just watched and wanted to share with you is a new holiday tradition, I believe, mm-hmm. a I New Year's so. tradition. Comedy Central TV station um, does a special called The Last Laugh, where they have a bunch of different people come on to comment on the year. And last year, Bill did the opening number um, to, for the show, and this year he did it again. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a new tradition. So they always have Bill as their opening act, which is great. Which is wonderful. Steady work. And he was dressed as Satan. <laughs> In, in a bright, bright oh, red suit. Beautiful suit. And he had a tail. Yes. A pretty big tail, actually. And big Fu Manchu <laughs> mustache. And horns growing out of his forehead. Red yeah, horns. That was good. You know, we should we should take a picture of that. Oh, we will. Because you have your camera. We'll do so our low-tech camera. We'll do that. And then, you know what? Let's play that as the closing thing to the show. Okay. That'll be the end of it. Because it's more like a New Year's thing. It and, is. Yeah. So we'll close with that. But right. that's what that was. hear the whole song. So it was good. And, and he got in several plugs for Boston Legal. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> of the song. hey, hey, you know. <laughs> so Hardest work of man in showbiz. So very funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, in keeping with our Christmas theme... <gasps> I have Lena's Christmas present Ooh, here. I'm so excited. Now, I don't want anybody's hopes to get up because you you all know that the last present we did was Lena giving me the lightsaber dildo, which is so awesome, and this is nowhere near as awesome, but I want to talk about the lightsaber dildo for just one oh, second. Oh, please. Because something occurred to me that I didn't think of when you gave it to me. It's such a fabulous <laughs> gift. It is even more fabulous when you consider what I gave you for your last birthday which was a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> but not just any ketchup. <laughs> but still, a bottle of ketchup, friends. <laughs> it's a bottle of William Shatner ketchup. <laughs> it's true. And you know what I found out? Why? Some of those bottles were auctioned on eBay. <gasps> no way. Like you couldn't go to Safeway and buy them, which is what I did. <gasps> that is so funny. Well, you know... Me, being the geek collector, I still have it unopened. Of course. <laughs> in the bag that you gave it to me. Mint in box. Mint in box, as a matter in of fact. Well, it's, you know, I was thinking I, I'm rearranging things in my garage, and I'm going to dig out some of my Trek stuff so that we can do that in an upcoming oh, show. I'll yes, take pictures of everything. Yes, do the tour of your stuff. Every, and I, I actually, I found my, my Gary Lockwood card, which I had put away in a safe place, and I came across it while I was cool. getting some other things. So, so anyway, yeah. <gasps> Merry Christmas. Here's... Lena's present, which wow. has a sparkly silver Star Trekky sort of bow on it. It is, and it's wrapped up really, nice, really nicely. <laughs> it slips off my lap. And you can hear the sound of her eagerly Ooh. ripping into it. It's a box. It's I a always box. wanted a box. Oh, I'm so glad. And you didn't even have to buy me 14-year-old scotch. <laughs> or cigars. Yeah, I don't think I'd need the cigars, no, really. No, i scotch, though. That'd be all right. Is it going to be hard to open it up? No, because I, I already opened it once. There's actually three presents in oh here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. 
You have to describe these I'm, for I'm us. I'm just, I'm trying to decide which one to do first. Okay. Here's the first one, just because this is so funny. This is a, a Simpsons talking beer opener. And this is brilliant because we never have one. We never, ever have one. Now, Not that we need a Simpsons talking one, but, but every con, we end up opening our beer bottles on the door. On the door thing, because <laughs> we never have one, and the hotels never have one to give to us. Now, let's see. No buttons to push. Automatic sound. What do you press to? I don't know, because it says press here, and I pressed there. I pressed all over, and I didn't get it to talk. So if it's broken, we'll send it back. Okay. Well, we might just need to put new batteries in it or something. Right. I want to know what Homer has to say. And we might need to actually take it out of the... The okay. plastic, too. Well, maybe I'll do that while we're watching Boston Legal or something. Okay. So that's your, your first little thing, is you're talking beer opener for when we go to conventions. Did you know that this is number two in a series, Collect Them All? It says so. Wow. Right. We only need one, though. Okay, so we're going to have to start a new show dedicated to Homer Simpson beer bottle openers. Uh, this is great. Well, thank you. Um, you know, cool and practical. Yes. Which is wonderful. Yes. Speaking of cool and practical... <laughs> My very own Venus Vibrance. Ooh. Ooh. This is exciting. It comes with a battery, which is really good. First powered razor for women. And it's pink. And it's pink. Hot pink. Hot pink. Well, again, while we're watching Boston Legal, I'm going to take this out of the package and we can try it. We can, <laughs> well, I mean, just turn it on. I know. I wasn't going to try and, like, shave my leg or anything with it. Wow, this is good. Well, so you know, since uh, deep shave kind of fell down on on his reports, I think you'll have to pick up the slack. I think I can do that. I can definitely do that. Wow, gently exfoliates to instantly reveal more radiant skin, and everything in here is in French as well. Mais oui. Turn it on. Soothing vibrations. Soothing vibrations is TM'd. I didn't think you could do that. Shave you close. Gently sweeps away dull, dry skin. Mettez-les en marche. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> start reading it in French. This is cool. You know, I think they changed the packaging since I think they so first too. did it, because I don't remember it looking quite like yep. this. Thank you very much. This is great. Yay! Yay! And then... Because you had to have this. Oh, this is cool. This is... It's um, a Star Trek figure. Of course, it's William Shatner. It's Captain Kirk, the Mirror Kirk. And he comes with Starfleet gear. Now, Yay! it's not Starfleet gear, though. It's Empire gear. I know. It's Mirror they Universe gear. should have said gear. Empire gear. But it's look at how, how buff and muscular he, he is. He looks great. He looks really, really good here. And I really want to open it, and I wonder if I should or whether we should keep it in the box. It's oh, up to no! you. We want to play with the Mirror Universe Starfleet gear, but I just thought, for those of you who don't know, Mirror Mirror is Lena's absolute favorite episode, and so this doll looks really good. It does. So I thought, because of the costume, so he's wearing his gold <laughs> vest and he has his gold sash and his little medals there, and he's you know his arms look really big and pumped up, and he's wearing, and he's got like little strings around him. I see that. <coughs> he's wearing really tight pants and those knee high boots, those mm-hmm. leather boots. He looks pretty darn good. Do you think Bill stole those boots? <laughs> What else would they have ever used them for on the Paramount lot? Nothing. Yeah. I'm sure. He probably took the whole costume. Yeah. Used it to play dress up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. I Did you look on the back? So there's pictures of all the, the ones you can collect. Uh-huh. This is a nice picture of Mirror Kirk because it's got the Kirk light on Yes. It. But did you see the little Kirk mini-made? Yes. With the little, the little smirk and well, the eyebrows? <laughs> here's the thing. I was so tempted to buy the Kirk mini-made because you know who it looks exactly like? Who? Um... 
the guy who's playing Kirk on New Voyages, the <laughs> Elvis impersonator who plays Kirk. You, you guy, if you're listening to you, to this, I don't know your name, but the the Kirk mini mate looks exactly like you. <laughs> yeah, it's got the hairdo. It does. Oh, that's so. Funny. I was really torn, mini mate or mirror mini mate yeah. or mirror. And you know, I I have the um, gosh, just a minute. Okay, <laughs> y'all, y'all, we're gonna pause this because I need to go do something. Cookie now. So in that pause, I actually ran into the other room. And I'm <laughs> um, eating a cookie. And she's eating a cookie. The reason I ran into the other room is that um, a, a couple of years ago, our friend Junk gave me a Mirror Spock figure because of my obsession with the Mirror Universe. And Mirror Spock is, what is he, like five inches tall or something mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, yeah. And, and Mirror Kirk is um, more like a 10-inch doll, I mm-hmm. think. Um, or maybe he's nine inches tall. So, so Mirror Spock is much, much smaller, which I think is appropriate, actually. I think so. So Mirror Kirk can, like, step all over him yeah. and smack him around. Yeah. And see, he doesn't, he only comes with, um, he comes with a phaser. Well, he's got the knife on his belt, but it doesn't even come off, no. I don't believe. And he has the little, um, agony, the torture Oh, that's right, the agonizer. <laughs> right, and then he has the little view screen right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agonizer. So Kirk's got a communicator and a dagger and... Is that a sheath for his dagger? I guess that must be. Okay. Wow. Those are great accessories. So, Mary Mary. Thank you so much. These are really, really wonderful gifts, and I totally appreciate them. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yay. Thank you so much, Mary Kirk. (laughs) He's mean. (laughs) He's mean mad. (laughs) He'll get you. So, did we need to do anything else in this opening segment? Um... Or are we going to go straight to our, our special episode? I think we could do that. Um, there was the one thing about the Christmas ornament, but we could talk about that later. Mm. Unless you want to talk about it now. No, let's talk about it. Okay. So um, I think we might have mentioned this in a previous one, but now we had an actual picture of it. Um, Bill, who is always doing things for charity, um, decorated a Christmas ornament for Disney. And they finally put up a picture of it at the William Shatner website, and I will link to it so you can all see it. And he did this himself, and looking at it, I believe that he did this himself. <laughs> I believe so, too. We should point out that many celebrities did these yes. ornaments, and they're being auctioned. And they probably were already, right? Probably. Yeah. And wow. so Bill, Bill's is actually kind of interesting, because he made it kind of look like planets, three planets, but they, they're also like Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse ears. Yeah. So the one in the middle, the big one, that's like the head one is like planet earth. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are different planets, but I really couldn't tell you which planets those are supposed to be. Well, I think the one with the stripe around the middle is probably, um, Jupiter is Jupiter. The one that has rings. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> well, Jupiter actually has kind of stripes on it. Um, okay. And then I don't know, this is green with yellow dots. That's the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> So good work, Bill. Yeah, we you like get an that. A on your homework. We really like that, and it looks like it was auctioned um, uh, to December eighth, and as of when they started this, the bidding was up to like three thousand dollars. So, oh my God. you know, good for them. They raised money for Toys for Tots for all the people who were doing it. But yeah, that was Bill's contribution. Okay, good for you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so we're going to watch some Boston Legal? No, no, no oh, we're, we're watching Dagger, Dagger of the Mind. That's right, that's right. And I hope you all did do your homework and watch it. Yeah. So you can, you know, sort of be watching along with us, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Yeah, so um, hang on to your, your seats, and we'll be right back. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. 
five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, gang, you know the drill. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We want to hear from you, and you know we're going to read your email on the show. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has collected together some of the best science fiction, fantasy, and gaming podcasts out there. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has a lot of great programming that you might be missing. The goal of this podcast is to showcase some of the great shows available on the network so that you don't miss out on all the fun. Each episode will contain an interview with a TSFPN podcaster and clips from their show. I'll also play some of the fun, funny, and cool clips from some of the other TSFPN shows from this week. To start listening to TSFPN Sci-Fi Access, just visit tsfpn.com. Find me someone in your department with psychiatric and phonology experience, if possible. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, what was that, Jim? What <laughs> what kind of experience? I think it was phrenology. To read the bumps, bumps on, on their heads? heads? Or penisology or <laughs> phonology, study of sounds. That's what I did when I was in school. Phonology? Phonology, yeah. Okay, okay that's, that's your, your homework for the New Year folks, is make up that word and its meaning. <laughs> and in our next show, we'll give you the actual answer of what he says. It's true. Now, the history behind this is that when we had watched this episode, Dagger of the Mind, with some of our friends, we watched that and we all went, huh? <laughs> What did he just say? And we argued about this for like half an hour about what that word could possibly be. Phrenology. 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 phrenology, Something. And it took us a long time to actually figure out what it meant. And the way we figured it out was... Well, don't tell them because then they'll go and do it. Okay. All right. So um, that's your homework. But anyway, we just watched the Christmas episode. Dagger of the Mind. And it's a Christmas episode because, first of all, they do mention Christmas. Uh But also because her name is Helen... Noel, get it? <laughs> so it's a joke. It's so subtle. The girl you do on Christmas should yeah. always have the last name Noel. Noel, Hen- Helen Noel. So um, I made some notes as we were watching it. Of um, some things about the show that we both noticed immediately was that this was the um, red lighting episode. All of the lights were red or pink or violet. It was really weird on the bridge. Everything uh-huh. was bathed in this sort of rosy, reddish glow, like Mars. But in some of the scenes, too, you know how they do those washes on mm-hmm. the back walls? There was one, I remember, where one wall was purple and one was gold. Yeah, it was very strangely lit. Yeah, I um, think they were experimenting. I think so. This and was also... Well, I was going to say, first of all, this was a first season episode, so yes. it could have been that they were really experimenting with the lighting and some of the makeup and some other stuff. Makeup. There was a lot of makeup in this episode. A lot of makeup. Yeah. Like? Like eyeshadow all over the place. And I was pointing out that I had that same lipstick in 1967 <laughs> that Spock had. <laughs> that pink Mary Quant lipstick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was Mary Quant ripoff made by Cody. <laughs> It looked good 
on him. Yeah. Um, but and the yeah. purple eyeshadow and on him. Purple eyeshadow. Major, major drag queen stuff going on. Everybody had lots of it. And there were a lot of close-ups in this episode, more so than most episodes that we remember. Very rarely were there long shots of Kirk sitting in his chair or whatever. Yeah. It was all close-ups. So all there were EVE shots. There were very few butt shots, but tons of beautiful close-ups. And some close-ups done at angles that we rarely saw. Yeah. Which were re- and Kirk light all over the place. Yeah, Just, so he's hardly ever not in Kirk light. Yeah, there will be a lot of screen capping from this episode because there's a lot of things to screen cap. There's Kirk looking beautiful in many situations. Um, there's lots of Helen Noel that we need to see. And I want to talk about her. Okay, so first let me say um, if you haven't seen this episode, Helen Noel um, looks like Gina Davis. But prettier. And with much more sexuality to her. Yeah, she kind of oozes that. Yes. Yeah. And even though she has her hair up, which mm-hmm. usually for Trek women signifies that they're a little bit uptight, like with Marla MacGyver's, you know, her hair's up and then she takes her hair down and mm-hmm. that means that she's all But Helen's sexy. got that one thing. That little curl, yeah. That little of, curl. That's her come on curl. <laughs> um, she's such... First of all, this actress is so beautiful, so voluptuous. She really is. I I mean, voluptuous hardly even begins to describe this body. Mm -hmm. She's got really big breasts, really big butt, and her skirt is so short that it doesn't cover her butt. So you're always seeing panties. So this is look at her butt. (laughs) Really, really something. But the character itself, I just adore her for a couple reasons. First of all, about halfway through this, I said to Lena, Kirk should be very, very glad that he almost never ran into women like Helen Noel because he can't manipulate her mm-hmm. at all. She is always coming, you know, giving him the come on, stringing him along, and playing on her own terms. Mm-hmm. And she's just, she's so good. She's so in control. She knows what she wants. She isn't mm-hmm. afraid to go after it. But the best thing that sets her apart from almost every other woman on TV in the 60s is she doesn't need to be rescued. Mm-hmm. She is an active participant in solving this problem. Mm-hmm. She kills a guy, yeah. doesn't stop to cry <laughs> over it, and picks up his gun and leaves. And I'm like, yay, yay, you go. She is, oh, she is so, so a role model and still as beautiful and sexual as oh, ever. I, she's wonderful. So we spent some time talking about the little setup that happens at the beginning. Um, when Kirk has to go down to the planet, the, the psycho planet, to investigate what happens, um, he asks McCoy for an assistant, and he says that she needs to be trained in phrenology, the little clip that you heard. And McCoy says, okay, I'm sending um, Dr. Noel. Does he say Helen Noel? No, he says Dr. Dr. Noel. Noel. And Kirk is like, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> so he clearly doesn't recognize her name at all. Like, there's no recognition. We were watching his face really yeah. carefully. There's nothing. And then he gets to the transporter room, and she's, of course, waiting. She's ready, ready to go. And he takes one look at her, and this look comes over his face, like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's such a classic, oh, shit, expression on his face. And she's smiling at him, and she's just looking at him, and he's very embarrassed, and he gets up there on the transporter platform, and um, she says, we've met. In this, such a coy way that I she know. says it. And he says something like, I think so, right? Doesn't he? He says, yes, I remember. Yeah. But, but, and then, and she, then says, she starts, she says, the- do you remember the Christmas party? Remember? The Christmas- <laughs> yes, I remember. It's like, he bites her head off. It's so funny, but she's totally needling him in front of Spock and the transporter people. It's like she's poking him, you know? And like, come know, on, remember? Remember? I thought about this more and more. I'm trying to put the whole picture together. Um, you know, because then later when he's in the, the tantalus chair mm-hmm. and she's putting a suggestion in his mind, the part, this is the way I interpret it. She starts out telling him what actually happened. Mm-hmm. You came to the party, we danced, 
You talked about the, the stars, stars right. the standard line. <laughs> then she goes, I suggest now that it happened differently. So I figure everything that happened after that point is her fantasy. Mm-hmm. And she says, you took me back to your cabin. You swept me yeah, off your feet, off my feet. And then we see them kissing. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he does her and they have a grand old time. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If all they actually did at the party was dance and talk about the stars, why did he freak out when See, he saw her? That's that's and exactly. And I think I know why. Why? <laughs> okay. Tell me. Come on, tell me. At the party. Yeah. They went off to do it. Yeah. And he was too drunk and couldn't get it. <laughs> and that's why she's going. Do you remember? Like you were so fucking drunk, you couldn't even remember what's going on. And yes, I remember. <gasps> You're right. I think you. I don't know right. how else this could possibly make sense because if all he did was dance, thank you. It was very nice to meet you. What was your name again, Helen? Very right. nice. Then there's nothing to oh, freak out about. That is so right. You're but if he did her and and you know snuck out the next morning without leaving a note, mm-hmm. that's a reason to freak out. But she implies they didn't. They didn't do it. I, that has to be it. I think you're absolutely right about that. What a great interpretation. Thank I like you. that a lot. Actually, our first interpretation had been that instead of him sweeping her off her feet and taking her to his cabin, they just went and did it in the broom closet. Mm-hmm. But this is better. I like this much better. Although the broom closet interpretation works too. Yeah. But I like this better. <laughs> just because. Because, you know, he wouldn't have been so embarrassed. I mean, if he had done her in the broom closet, I don't think he would have had quite this reaction. Yeah. But he's so embarrassed, and you never see him like that. That that whole chagrin <laughs> thing is just... Now, what's the other thing you were pointing out? It was something about... We were talking about McCoy knows oh, right. everybody so, who's... Well, so, so, okay, so a couple things. First, I just want to back up for a minute. And okay. um, we spent some time, because we're such geeks about this kind of stuff, talking about where the party was, right? Oh, yes. So, to me, it seems really unusual that there would be a crew member on his ship, a regular member of the crew, that he wouldn't know her name. There have been other times when he kind of fumbled with a name, but he knew it. Like with MacGyver's, he sort of knows what her name is. Oh, mm-hmm. that ship's historian. What's her name? You know? Yeah. But he knows her. I, I can't believe that he would have a crew member that he would just totally blank on and not know her name and not know who she was. So that kind of led us to, well, maybe she's not a regular member of the crew. Maybe she's like a visiting scholar or something. Or here's the thing. Yeah. There, there could be members of the crew that maybe he's, like, familiar with the name, like they just being on board. Yeah. But he hasn't met them face-to-face. So when he says, I've assigned you Dr. Noel, fine. Yeah. He, you know, okay, so good. So she's newly a member of the crew. Newly a member so, of the crew. So, that, so all that just led us to think that the party actually didn't take place on the ship, or if it did take place on the ship, it wasn't when she was a crew member. That she was a guest. Right, because it brings up this whole issue of the fraternizing with the crew members, which they talked about in um, the... Uh, naked Naked time time. when you know he's talking about how he's not allowed to do that so for him even to you know dance and talk about the stars with her at a party is a little bit i wouldn't think it was i I don't know i would think that that would be okay Mm. but you see that would be another reason to kind of maybe freak out was you know if something actually went on between Mm -hmm. them whether he got it up or not Mm -hmm. it's like it's okay she's not a member of the crew she was there for a party and now oops yeah right right yeah Oops. Yeah, so now she's a member of the crew. So that that is the big deal for him mm-hmm. right there. Um, the other thing that I really liked about um, their her fantasy scene with them in his quarters is when he's kissing her and she says, um, you know, it would be different if you cared about me. And he says, do you want me to manufacture a lie? And she says, no. Wrap it up as a Christmas Wrap it up present. as a Christmas present. And she says, no, I prefer honesty. It's like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's just fuck. Okay, let's have fun. I like that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty bold statement for a woman to be making in the 60s. It's yes. like, you know, don't tell me that you love me. If we're mm-hmm. going to do it, let's just do it. Yeah. Do it. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. 
So she is really wonderful, and I just love it when women rattle him like that because you just and never she see rattles it. him more than just about any woman. Yeah. That that I can remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Carol Marcus probably had the same effect yeah. in the part of their relationship we never mm-hmm. saw. Yeah, and she's I love the fact she had her own agenda as well. But she's but Helen Noel is not mean or manipulative about it. It's just the way she is because she's sort of always got that smile on her face, mm-hmm. even when they're down on the planet and he comes to her quarters or her room to talk about the weird stuff that's going on and he he's asking her questions and she says, You could have waited till morning to ask me that and she's smiling at him. Like, I know why you came here. I know here. why you came here. To show me you really can get it up when you're not yeah, drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that was great. What a wonderful character. It's too bad they didn't have her on more often. Well, and also I'm glad we watched this because I kind of, as we were watching it, answered a question that I've had in my mind for a long time, which is Dr. Adams puts this thing in his head, you love Helen, you can't Mm -hmm. live without Helen, blah, 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 blah. And then we never see the resolution of that. Did they, you know, put Kirk back under the chair and Mm -hmm. remove that? Or what's the deal? And in the very last scene, he comes onto the bridge after they've been back up, and he's like in a snit. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what is he, what is he in a snit over? You know, he looks upset. And then I, it finally all clicked for me. Um, McCoy says to him, because uh, the doctor, you know, ended up under the, the beam that mm-hmm. empties your mind and died of it. And uh, McCoy says, it's really hard to believe a man could die of loneliness. And Kirk, in this, like, this way that has, like, a lot of underlying meaning mm-hmm. to it, says, you've never sat in that chair. And I've always, it finally clicked into me that he's referring to Helen, that he still does love her, mm-hmm. whether, you know, the doctor put that in his mind or, you know, whatever. And he's just said goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's leaving. She's out of his life and he still loves her. And McCoy makes a remark about loneliness. Mm-hmm. And that that's what, it all just kind of gelled for me. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, it's, it's, you know, it could have been a really good thing to have her. They should have had her come back. Oh, Wouldn't that have been good? And they could have continued. She that. is really, I think, the only one of the the the, the guest characters. You know, they had him involved with mm-hmm. romantically. That honestly, I could see a real relationship developing yeah. if she had not pulled that little. I suggest that it happened differently mm-hmm. trick. But you know what? She has him so wrapped around her finger, or certainly would have, that I think she could have explained her way out of it. Going, look, you know. That's what I wanted. And mm-hmm. so I wanted both of us to just have this belief that it happened or yeah, something. Yeah, And so, now it has, so let's just do it again. <laughs> so what we also like <laughs> when she gives him this suggestion that it happened differently, when it cuts back to him sitting in the chair, <laughs> he's got this huge, goofy grin on his face. It's a good thing it wasn't a full body shot because clearly he would have had a raging heart on. Somebody online, I found this years ago, wrote a review of this episode, and they went on about <laughs> Helen's butt and how great it was, too. But they talked about the these scenes where where Kirk's in the chair, and they're saying it's so sexual. It's like he's he's um getting a blowjob. Oops, she nicked him. <laughs> and now I think of that every time I see it. It's true. But he does. He has this great grin on his face. Like, like I like that memory I I'm like having. That. Ooh, makes me hard whenever I think of it. That's right. Um, what I was gonna say about McCoy, I mm-hmm. just forgot to finish up that oh, thought. Right, right. But um. We decided that uh, 
whenever they have like the regular physicals on the ship and all that. The reason McCoy sent her to be Kirk's assistant, we think, is because he knew that this had happened. So it's part of everybody's record. You know, they have a physical and McCoy sits down and has to ask them a bunch of questions. It's like, you know, have you done this and this and this? And have you slept with the captain? And <laughs> it just goes in your record. <laughs> It's like the Monty Python crucifixion. Okay, good. good. Slept with the captain. Good. <laughs> and McCoy just knows this stuff. He does. So, and because McCoy is McCoy, whenever he has to choose someone to be Kirk's assistant, he's got to pick someone who's going to irritate him just a little bit. <laughs> but McCoy is very smart in this episode. Yeah, he's, he's on to Van Gelder. Um, he picks up on some interesting stuff, like when the, the doctor says, are you going by a better facility? And McCoy goes, he knows there's no better facility. Mm-hmm. He just snaps right into that. So he's very... Very smart in this episode. Also, this episode had the first mind melt. That's right. It says so on the back of the DVD it box. It does. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have known it was the first. But you were pointing out that, you know, Spock does this big thing about, well, it's a very private Vulcan thing, and I've never done it with a human. And <laughs> I've then, never done it with a human. <laughs> and then you said... Well, yeah. I mean, at the end, by the end of season two, he's doing it with everybody who walks by. It's like a sideshow trick. It's like, hey. <laughs> Free Vulcan mind melt. Come on over Watch here. Watch me melt with a <laughs> And he melts with Nomad. Yeah, he melts with Nomad. He melts with people over distances. It's like he just kind of brushes his hand against somebody <laughs> and he's melding with them. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Tag, you're it. <laughs> but the mind melt scene is actually really well done. You know, clearly they put a lot of thought into it. Um, it's unfortunate that that was the first step down a slippery slope. Yeah. Because... That works so well. As you point out, they, they overused it and mm-hmm. used it quite a bit. And then it was suddenly they were always giving him new powers. Yeah. It's kind of like I was reading recently about um, you know the history of Superman, right? When Superman was first invented as a character, his powers were much more limited than yeah, what they came fly. to be. He couldn't fly. Couldn't he could do other jump. things. And, and over time... <laughs> and they, it looked like flying. They gave him more and more powers. And then because he became like a god, they had to invent kryptonite to make him vulnerable again. And it was mm-hmm. the same thing with Spock. They just yeah. kept giving him more and more. And it, it got way, way out of hand. But I thought this was handled pretty well. Um, there were a couple... So, to talk about the plot for a second, since oh, okay. we've spent all this time going on about Helen Noel and them fucking and all that. Um, neither of us could remember why uh, Dr. Adams had done this in the first place, and we realized that there is no explanation for no. why he did this. He invents this machine that basically wipes people's memories clean, and there's never any explanation of why. Other than that, I guess he went crazy, or he became a megalomaniac or something. Yeah. But there's no... There was no wrap-up. The exposition police did not come. No, they never showed. And we were kind of disappointed about that. And then he died, so you never find out anyway. The exposition police are in those clips that are laying on the floor that <laughs> didn't make it into the preview. Yeah. Because after we watched this, the, um, on these DVDs, they also have the, the preview. The trailer. The trailer. And so we watched that, and it's like, it's just a bunch of short clips <laughs> just thrown together in any order, so it makes no sense at all. And it's like... Well, maybe you would want to watch the episode next week because you're going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it looked interesting. But there, there was kissing and fighting. Yeah. Good. And, and a lot of pink and red lights. Pink and red lights. That looked pretty good. Oh, and we were also noticing a, a hidden sort of Christmas theme to this is, as we were saying, the lights kept changing from, from red to purple to pink mm-hmm. to, to whatever. And I was remembering that um, for a while... When I was growing up, we had one of those white aluminum fake trees, mm-hmm. and you had this spinning light that you shone on it, and it changed the mm-hmm. light. So they had that going. I think so. I it, think that was, it. you know, just down at, at Kirk's feet. <laughs> and it's like, now I'm the red captain. Now I'm the blue captain. Now I'm the yellow captain. 
Um, one of the other things that we noticed, if you've seen this episode, you know that the guy who plays Dr. Adams um, was Inspector Luger on Barney Miller, and it's really hard to get that character out of your mind. <laughs> you keep expecting him to go, poor old brownie, <laughs> right after the toast. You know, poor old brownie, and sort of wipe away a tear. <laughs> that He's like indelibly that character. <laughs> I, it was hard for me to watch this. And but I remember the first time I saw Inspector Luger on Barney oh, Miller God, going, so that's the doctor <laughs> from Star Trek. But he he did a lot of things. He did a lot of work. I know. He was um, a a working actor for a long time. And he was a very, very good one. But he just got so identified with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, this was good. There was also, right at the very beginning of the episode, um, they're transporting some stuff down to the planet and then they have to transport something up and when the stuff that they're transporting down it says like drugs on it or something it's really not very well marked yeah so how did they find it in the storeroom i don't know no barcodes as you said right it just says attention dr adams that's the full address (laughs) and that the guy who's working the transporter tries to beam it down and he can't do it and kirk shows up and it's like what are you doing and you know, there's a, a security field on the planet that won't let him beam him down, and the guy didn't remember that. And I was thinking, how did these guys make it through Starfleet? I mean, <laughs> don't you, like, have to know these stuff? They must have graduated in the same class. Especially if you're the transporter. Yeah, technician. shouldn't you know this stuff? So them and MacGyvers, they were all in the loser class. <laughs> well, the other they were thing the is, the they thing they beam back up says, um, classified, classified, do, do not open. open. But it's not locked. Van Gelder just lifts the lid and, and comes out. It's like, what kind of security <laughs> is this? And on the side of it, it says Stockholm. Like, it's supposed to go to Stockholm, but it doesn't say Stockholm, um, Sweden. It says Stockholm, like, Malaysia or something. Yeah. Well, the, the guy who didn't know, you know, the security procedures yeah. mumbled some line. Yeah. And it had the word Stockholm in it. It did, but it's not Sweden. Yeah. It definitely, I couldn't read it well enough. I mean, I could probably do a screen cap. I might have to do that. But it was like, yeah, Malaysia or Sumatra. And you know, really, when you think about it, okay, that episode and um, what's The Enemy Within, mm-hmm. the security procedures in their transporter are... They suck. They do. They're always beaming weird shit on the bridge. I mean, onto the transporter that they don't know what it is. Like, when they bring Nomad aboard, was that a smart idea? I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe you should have put that in a containment field before you just beamed it onto the ship. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, duplicate Kirk beams beams in. There's nobody Mm -hmm. there monitoring it. They leave it on. Yeah, they're very careless. It's like an open channel. Well. You know, pirates could board in it. (laughs) Just a minute. Anything to move the plot along, I think, <laughs> is the way that it goes. Well, then they need much better exposition police. That's true. Do you think they wore different color shirts on the on the Enterprise? The exposition police? Yeah. Would they be red shirts or blue shirts? And they wear glasses. <laughs> I always imagine them being kind of like the, um, the, the time cops that showed up in DS9 <laughs> for the Tribbles episode. I love those The dragnet guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what they were like in The Secrets for a Married Man. Yeah, exactly. They, they showed up, they, you know, did a fact dump, you know, yeah, just the facts and just the facts. let them go home. Yeah. I wonder. I guess they would be part of, would they be engineering? No. Hey, you're from engineering. <laughs> Boom, shoot him. That was a very strange moment in this episode. No, they wouldn't be from engineering. They would be from, um. Well, see, Ahura is communications and she wears red. Yeah. They might be some sort of communications. They might actually be from Special Ops. <laughs> what color do they wear? Whatever color they want. Want to? Really? Yeah. They're plain clothes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Brant was ever in the exposition division of Special Ops? 
if she wasn't, she's gonna be now. <laughs> please write a story with her. Please, 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 please. Maybe in the round robin. Yay. She'll wrap it all up at the end and then how the fuck did you know all that? <laughs> Exposition cop. Oh, please make that happen. I would be so happy. So so that you guys know, um, if any of you bother to read that um, insane story. The Russian Always Screams Twice. twice. Um, the, the writing group that produced that is working on a sequel to it that's called The Case of the Unlikely Underwear. It's great. <laughs> Which is turning out really good so far. But I don't know when it's going to be done. Might be a couple of months. Nobody has volunteered to write the next part yet. Didn't? Oh, that's right. Because somebody wrote that part. We've got... Three parts. Three now. parts, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think exposition police may have to I, I hope so. make an appearance. <laughs> well, anyway, Dagger the Mind, yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, happy, happy Christmas. Yes. Um, let's take a break, and then we've got a few more things to wrap up to finish up this show. hear that i can't hear it at all it's very quiet oh i can hear i'm gonna shave my hair right off my head <laughs> trying to hold it up to my ear yeah you can Lady's hear it playing with her christmas toy that's what the vibrant sounds like wow so you would never hear that over the noise of somebody going oh oh, <laughs> oh. um yeah boy that's pretty interesting um so clearly you need to take the blade part off <laughs> And, uh, well, well, we'll see what happens. But that's the noise that it makes. Pretty pretty darn quiet. I and it's pretty. Say. It is pretty. I like the color. Yeah. Very much. Well, I'll have to try it for shaving my legs and see what happens. Okay. You know, we should get it in some Kirk light and take its picture. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a little pedestal. That yeah. would be good. So, um. Sit it in a captain's chair. Speaking of. Give uh, it its own little life. Really. Speaking of things like that, um. One, oh my God, one of our, our regular listeners by the name of Jay sent us these pictures and he said in his email that, um, he was just surfing around the net and found these pictures of this woman who, um, has her own website and has these pornographic pictures of herself. They're not like hardcore porn. They're just softcore kind of, you know, pictures of her. And uh, she's this blonde woman who looks like she's about 14 years old. So we're hoping that she's actually at least 18. Yeah, we think so. But the best thing about these pictures, and I'm going to post, I think I'll post links to them rather than posting the pictures up there, is that um, she's posing in some room with lots of TVs in it, and on the TVs are pictures of Captain Kirk. (laughs) It's the weirdest damn thing. So Bill is featured on this porn site. It's so funny. And, and they're great pictures of him, you know. Oh, I would yeah. have to look a little more closely to see which episodes they're from. Well, the one I know is just a publicity shot. It's not is from it? any episode, yeah. But in the other one, I think it's from... He's wearing the um, the green uh, crossover wraparound the shirt. The girly shirt. <clears throat> and his hair is really short, so I'm thinking it's from... Um, it's like end of first season or something. Mm. I'd have to look a little more closely. But he looks really good, and, and the, the two pictures are just hilarious. There she is, surrounded by giant William Shatner heads. <laughs> and who who wouldn't be happy? 
Who wouldn't be ripping their clothes off at that point? Exactly. Her name? Her name is? Allison Angel. Allison Angel. So she fits into our Christmas theme. Yeah, and she has her own website, and um, I was just forced to look around a little bit to see what kind of site this was. The best part about it is that um, there are all these pictures, and apparently there's some videos of her, and each of them is accompanied by a little... Um, journal entry, sort of, that she's written about the photo shoot when they were doing it. And this one just made me laugh so hard because it involved a word that I had never seen used in this context before. So It's a word I had never, ever encountered before. So, shall I read this or do you want to read it? No, you go ahead and read it and then I will um, speculate on it. Okay, so this accompanies a little photo shoot of her and it says... I walk out onto the balcony in my sexy black lingerie and heels, look out into the sunset as the video capture, sorry, video camera captures my body. I suck on my breasts, then rub my cooter and pull out a purple vibrator. Cooter? (laughs) She said cooter. (laughs) Who says that? I don't know. I've never run into that word before. Cooter. So when Lena pointed this out to me, it's sort of, it's kind of shattering because as you read something, I think, especially anything written in first person, you always get some sort of um, idea in your head of what the voice is going to sound like. And then you run across a word like cooter. And it's like, okay, that, that shatters it. And so I was trying out different voices. Like, you know, maybe she was, was a hillbilly and, and uh, she was, what is it? She, she rubs her cooter. And then, and then we we're going, or rubs her cooter. Or rubs your cooter, don't you know? You know, a nice Minnesota girl with her Alice and Angel porn site showing us her cooter, pa. <laughs> so I really want to know more about Allison now, just on the basis of her using the word cooter. cooter. Maybe it's Australian. You oh, know, that's So much true. of the stuff we get is from Australia and New you Zealand. Know, oh, that could be. Maybe, I'm going to have to find out about that, but maybe yeah. Maybe that's a New Zealandish word. Cooter. Mate. <laughs> Hey, mate, how's your cooter? <laughs> I dare you to use that word in a story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm busy writing um, exposition, exposition police. police. I can't, I can't accept any more dares at this point. Cooter. So that that's Allison Angel. Allison Angel and her cooter. I, I couldn't help but be reminded that there was <laughs> an episode of The Simpsons where um, they met up with the Carney family, whose name was the Cooters. <laughs> Allison probably doesn't know that, though. I don't think she watches The Simpsons. Her cooter. Her cooter. <laughs> Never run into that before. Oh, sorry. Anyhow. Um, so so thanks for sending thanks that. Thanks for sending that, that Jay. That cracked us, us up. Great entertainment. Um, and um, to, to also talk about something new here, I got my first DVD from the William Shatner DVD Club. And I haven't opened it yet because I wanted to open it live on the show. Okay. So it comes in, <coughs> excuse me, a nice um, cardboard sleeve. It says, open here. There's a picture of Bill on it with his signature. It says, thank you for subscribing to the William Shatner DVD Club. If you have any questions about your subscription, please visit us at shatnerdvdclub.com. So here we go. Let's see if I can open it without totally wrecking it. Don't rip Bill's face. <coughs> I won't. Oh, my God. It's hard to open already. Just to be able to. Oh, there we go. Oh, there you go. I was going to say, maybe we could use the vibrants and vibrate it open. It says, Thank you for subscribing. I hope you enjoy adding this month's DVD installment to your growing collection of sci fi, horror, and fantasy entertainment. Sincerely, William Shatner. Not Bill. It doesn't say Bill. Okay, so what's the movie? It's better be Ginger Snap. There's two things in here. What's going on? Hey, I got two movies. 
Cool. I got ginger snaps and wolves of Wall Street. Ooh. Now I gotta look this up on IMDb. Oh wait, here tell me. What's it say? A bon it's a bonus title, Wolves of Wall Street. Wow. It's Lycanthrope Month. Lycanthropy yeah, Month. Yeah. Okay. Periodically the Shatner DVD Club will reward subscribers with a two for one bonus title that complements that month's feature oh, film. Score. I like that. Does it say who's in it or anything? No. Oh, well let's check it out. Wolves of Wall Street. Oh, you want to hear what Bill has to say about yeah. Ginger Snaps? Oh, yeah. Director John Fawcett skillfully merges a clever coming-of-age story with the classic sci-fi character, the werewolf. I thoroughly enjoyed Ginger Snaps. Based on its eloqu- eloquent combination of cunning intelligence, wry satire, and terrifying suspense. Well, I heard it was good, so I, I am uh, pretty psyched to find it out. Okay, so Wolves of Wall Street, mm-hmm. <clears throat> directed by David DeCoteau, writing credits. Barry Levy. I don't know who those people are. Um, Jeff Allen just got a new job in one of Manhattan's wealthiest brokerage firms, Wolf Brothers. (laughs) Here, young, good-looking stockbrokers make (coughs) a lot of money by being particularly cutthroat. (laughs) Jeff finds out that the real secret to their success is an animal instinct that is turning him into a werewolf, but it may be too late for him to get out. Wow. So let's see who's in it. Um, to go to the other page here. Louise Lasser is in it. That's oh, wow. Interesting. Eric Roberts. Oh, well, he's always a bad guy, so, you know, can't yeah. go wrong there. I don't recognize any of these other actors. Jeff Branson. No, me neither. William but there's Mercury a great Lee. role, Party Girl, number one. Okay. Any movie with Party Girls is going to be good. Rated R. For some sensuality, not yeah. sexuality. Sensuality. sensuality. All right. So we'll we'll have to watch these things and see if we're good. Well, that's kind of cool. I wasn't yeah. expecting to get two DVDs. Oh, aren't you glad you waited till this special am, moment to open? I am. I'm so happy. Open the package. Yay! So that's Yay. like another Christmas present from Bill. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. He didn't send me a Christmas present. My Christmas present's on the way. The picture? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because I joined the fan club. <clears throat> it's not personalized, is it? No. You're gonna have it framed. I don't know. It depends on if it's a good picture. I mean, I have some really good pictures of him that are autographed. Yeah. And were autographed in my presence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which makes them more special. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what it is. Okay. It'll be good. Um, to round out this particular show, um, the Christmas show, that is, we wanted to um, share with you a little bit of a story that we had actually meant to read earlier, but because we were sick, we didn't get around to it. And it's a very appropriate story because it's about being sick it is it's a story about being sick and it's also a story about really hot sex so you get both of those things together and what could be better than that and i want to point out because you're daring me to do things that i did write this on a dare (laughs) for you Mm -hmm. can you tell people what my contribution to the story was a captain with a head Mm -hmm. cold oh oh she had to kill me. <laughs> um, I had this idea for a story about Captain Brandt, who's this female Star Trek captain that I write about, where she's got a head cold. And Lena's idea was that she tucks her dirty used Kleenex <laughs> up her little captain's sleeve. Because, <laughs> you know, they don't have pockets. Where else would she put the tissues? Yes. <laughs> it's not like there's a little receptacle at the captain's chair where you can put your tissues in. That's right. So, so what we're going to do, I believe is we're going to read this out loud. Mm-hmm. It will be a dramatic reading a dramatic because reading. there are multiple roles here, and mm-hmm. so it will be both of us reading. And we're going to 
put a little bit of that in the show, and then you can click through to to download and, and hear the rest of the story, which mm-hmm. gets into some really hot, wonderful sex. Yes. And, and it's not slash. It's het sex. Right. So don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's not slashy sex. Although there are two guys in it, but it's not slash. Um, so, so we're going to play a little bit of that, and then I think the show is going to close with um, Bill doing this song from... Uh, It'll be our our happy new year and our farewell to 2005. Yeah, farewell to 2005, and uh, we're really looking forward to 2006 because great things will be in store. That's right. Yeah. Visions of Sugar Plums by Jungle Kitty. After wiping her nose, the captain of the Wozniak wadded the tissue into a moist ball and tucked it back into her shirt sleeve. Spending Christmas sector mapping was bad enough, but to have a cold while doing it? Bah, humbug. Bless you, Captain, said the helmsman. Thank you, Wilder, Captain Brant replied with a sour smile. Apparently, the bridge crew had decided to take turns responding to her sneezes. A shiver ran through her body, and she thought longingly of the heavy chenille robe in her quarters, and the bed, and the pillow, and... Achoo! and a fresh tissue. Damn! Bless you. Belay the blessings, all of you. She slumped back in her chair, reminding herself to close her mouth, even though she couldn't breathe through her nose. She sniffed as quietly as she could, crossed her legs in an attempt to retain some body heat, and wished she had a sweater. Captain, isn't forbidding blessings on Christmas Eve rather Grinch-like? Commander Wallace smiled as he approached the center chair. Brant scowled at him, and he continued in a more official tone of voice. The sector mapping is proceeding as anticipated, with nothing unusual to report. She gazed at him in bleary irritation. And, and, he dropped his voice to almost a whisper, since there's really nothing going on, it seems like a good opportunity for you to take a break, sir. Your recommendation is noted. To her dismay, it came out, your recommendation is doted. Return to your station. Aye, Captain, he sighed. Damn and double damn. Now that she knew her first officer was watching, she didn't dare rub her temples, no matter how bad the pressure behind her eyes. But a mere head cold wasn't going to drive her off the bridge, not unless she started hallucinating a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer on the screen. The turbo lift doors hissed open, and she swung towards them a little too quickly. As she closed her eyes against the momentary dizziness, she felt a strong hand on her arm. Captain, you really should be in sick bay, the voice of Dr. Levinson said gently. She opened her eyes and brushed the doctor away. I'm fine. It's just a head cold. He frowned sternly. A head cold that could infect your entire crew. She sighed. He always knew right where to hit her. All right, but not sick bay. I'll go to my quarters. She rose, sniffed, and turned to Commander Wallace. Mr. Wallace, wish the crew a Merry Christmas on my behalf. You have the cod. Aye, sir. Merry Christmas, he replied. One last violent sneeze propel- propelled Brant into the turbo lift, and her first officer settled into the command seat, chuckling, I think she means con. Sitting on top of her desk, Captain Brandt argued as the CMO waved his med scanner in front of her. This is ridiculous! It certainly is. A grown woman who won't take care of herself. 
I don't need an examination. It's just a cold. And there's nothing you can do about a cold except tough it out. There's been a medical breakthrough, Captain. It's called bed rest. Her intended snort of disgust was cut short as tender throat tissues refused to cooperate. Ow. She swallowed painfully. Shaking his head, Levinson turned away and retrieved a hypospray from his med kit. He raised it to check the settings and saw Captain Brandt regarding him with deep suspicion. What is that? she asked flatly. Try NyQuil 2200. I'd never heard of it. It's new. It will relieve your symptoms. Sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, so you can rest. Well, all right. As he pressed the hypospray to her arm, he continued casually, It also has an enjoyable side effect. It's very conducive to free-form fantasizing. I used it when I had Tesselarin flu six months ago. Very nice indeed. Brant rubbed her arm. What did you fantasize about? Women half my age. You dirty old goat. Don't knock it till you've tried it. I'm not interested in women half your age. I'll check in on you later, and you can tell me what you came up with. Merry Christmas, Captain, and pleasant dreams. Brant went to the chest and got out the oversized T-shirt she usually slept in. Fingering the soft fabric, she decided it was too thin for real warmth and exchanged it for a sweatsuit. Then she stumbled to the bed, which looked much more inviting than a fleet-issue bunk ought to. The effort of removing her boots left her panting, and she almost gave in to the urge to flop down and sleep in her uniform. But she reminded herself of how much cozier the sweats would feel, and struggled out of her shirt and trousers and pulled down the soft fleece garments. She pulled down the bed covers and swayed slightly as she stared at the smooth surface of the pillow. She picked it up and pressed it to her cheek. It felt cool against her warm skin, and as she fell into the bed, a groan of surrender escaped her lips. Half my age. Half my age would be sixteen. Ew. You didn't always think so. What? Who's that? I'm your freeform fantasy. I was afraid you were the ghost of Christmas past. I can be, if you want, although I might more appropriately be cast as yet to come. Go away. I'm trying to sleep. Brant, there's only one good thing about having a cold, and I'm it, so get with the program. Then can I sleep? I promise, and it will be the best sleep you've ever had. All right, go ahead. Well, you have to get it started. I'm just here to facilitate. Oh, this sounds like work. You were almost there. Half your age would be 16. Let's start with that. I don't want to fantasize about a 16-year-old boy. You didn't mind doing it when you were 18. I assume you're referring to Jim Kirk. Funny how it's coming from. I've had one hell of a year. I almost feel awkward coming out here and bragging about it, but what the hell? I'm safe. It was 2005. I had a very good year. Oh, yeah. It was a very good year desert wars, and the winds, and the rain. I'm talking hurricanes. The year got pretty rough. But let's get to the really good stuff. It was 2005. 
year. It was a very good year for Hollywood stars. Russell Crowe flung a phone. Brad gave Angelina the bow. Nick and Jessica bowl and Shatner wins Emmy Gold. Again!